Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests, present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And this is episode 128. And this episode's guest is another interview done from the reality TV show Comic Book Men with Kevin Smith, Ming Chen, Walt Flanagan, and Brian Johnson. During our chat, we talked about the comic book shop he works at that was featured on the show, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey, along with the importance of comic books and comic book stores has on culture and society. Plus the art of podcasting and the podcasting studio, a shared universe, he opened with Ming Chan. Before we get into that interview, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh is the Word. And I also want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshisthepodcast.com and share any links of any of the podcast episodes on any of your social media platforms. And you can also subscribe to Fresh as a Word pretty much anywhere podcasts are streamed. And that does include Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play. There's a whole list of them pretty much anywhere. And if you uh, leave a rating and review, that would definitely help out, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can always email me at djkfresh at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, anything you want to send me. 
And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KFresh is the word and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. You can also follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter at Fresh is the Word. That's is with I-Z. And Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. All right, let's get on to the interview with Mike Zapsik. All right, we're at Astronomicon. Ming Chan's back on the podcast, but we have another guest along with him. Can we? Uh, Can you introduce- say his name? Oh. Say my name. Can you say his name? Oh, I. Uh, Can you pronounce his name? Oh, oh it's covered. You don't even get. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike. Mike uh, Zapsik. Yes, wow. he did it. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. I gotta say, that was that was damn impressive. All right, cool, cool. So uh, I was at the uh, the comic book man uh, panel here at Astronomicon, and I was giving you shit about um, being naked. And I gave it right back to you, didn't I? Yeah. At a boy. Oh yeah, it was it was it was fun. But uh, do you have sexy legs? Uh, in my opinion, fuck no. Oh okay. I mean, I that's why I'm not gay. I don't find any parts of men sexy. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a thing with me. I don't know. Okay, since you guys have been in town in Michigan, what have you ate? Because you were mentioning that at the panel. What have we ate? Yeah. Or nine or ten? What have we eaten? Have okay. Have, what have you eaten? <laughs> <laughs> Ming's just shaking his head because he's like, "Wow, we're off to a rolling start here." Holy crap! All right, uh, what have we eaten? We've eaten Coney dogs. Yeah, you went to Dooley's, right? We went to Dooley's and we went to Lafayette. And you went to Tellway also. Uh, no, Ming went to Telway. I didn't to go Tellway. to Telway. He, ta- he was out at 4 o'clock in the morning. Have, have you guys taken a shit yet? No, I don't expect to take a shit until, like, next week, so we're good. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Oh, so you say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when, you're, uh, when you're at these sort of... Uh, events. Events. Yes. You know, what's, what are pe- people talking, talking to you about? What's the protocol? What's the That's protocol? What, people come up and they're like, dude, when's the show coming back? And then I have to tell them that AMC did not renew us. And then they're like, fuck. And I'm like, well, it obviously didn't matter enough to you to find out. So if, if I'm telling you, I, you know, and, and I'm breaking their hearts, you know, because they love the show. Not enough to find out when it's coming back. You know, like I, I wish they had like I, I really do wish there was some kind of contraption that they could look up when Comic Book Man is coming back. Oh wait, I'm holding it in my hand. Yes, you yeah. can, you can Google comic book man, and they'll be like, uh, not not picked up for an eighth season. So. Yeah, no, no, no. So it's, it's and, wishful thinking, though. It's yeah. like it's it's a little icebreaker. They don't know what to talk to you and, about. And we get a lot of people coming in here who are, um, you know, families. Families loved our show. There are people who who uh, are like, you know what? I I got to share this with my kids. What is it about your show that is so uh, that families are drawn to? Um. Because there are four guys, actually five guys, um, some of whom have known each other for you know close to 40 years. You've got that dynamic. We're all friends. We all genuinely like each other's company, and you know I, I like to think it, it shows up in the show. I mean, Brian and Walt bust Ming and my mind balls, our balls, um, mercilessly. But you know, underneath there's we care about each other. You know, it's and and it shines through. What is it about the comic book culture that's able to, where you're able to have these friendships for so long? Uh, well, Walt and I have been friends for 20 years, uh, and he's been my boss for 18 of those 20 years. And uh, Brian and I, you know, he and I 
you know, we got uh, closer when I started working at the website. Um, but there's, I don't know, mutual respect, I guess. We, we were all sort of outsiders who were trying to fit in someplace. So, and this is where we fit. Did you notice anything about your life that changed with the TV show? Uh, not really. Not, not drastically. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I see you on TV. That's pretty cool. But, I mean, from like day-to-day stuff... No, I still got to go out and walk the dogs and clean up their dog crap, you know. Um, I don't have anybody coming in and, and, you know, doing my laundry for me. You know, it's, we're, you know, and let's put it this way. Reality uh, TV does not pay shit ton of money. Not that the money was, you know, not welcome, but, hey, you, we're not getting Kardashian money, you know. Right, so, right. Which Brian used to complain about. He's like, the fucking Kardashians, goddamn them. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason why, uh, I guess, uh, reality TV, like, like boomed, man. Because at first, you could, like, not pay these people. Oh, yeah. And people loved being on TV. Oh, yeah. Well, um, for us, it was, like, Walt didn't want to do it originally. He's like, I don't want to be made fun of. I don't want to be snooky. And, they're like, Kevin was like, you'll never be snooky. Trust me. <laughs> and Brian was like, I could care less one way or the other. I got a call and just said, um, you know, it was, it was Kevin. He's like, hey, Zap, you're going to be on TV. I'm like, all right. So, but Ming was the one who's like, yeah, I'm going to be on TV. Are you the snooky of the bunch or who's the snooky of the bunch? There is no snooky okay, in all right. this bunch. No way. <laughs> None of us punched anyone in the face. And Did anybody well, want to punch each other in the face? No. No, okay. All right. No. That, that's good. Is there any- is there anything that you miss about being a part of the show, or is it just it was just that that show was basically what you guys were doing already? It is what we were doing already, but um, the the camera crew, the the behind the scenes people, they became really good friends of ours as well. So I mean, I miss seeing them, and it was like summer camp. You know, they'd come in for three months or two months and and do the show, and these are guys that you know over the past seven years we've gotten really close to. What's the importance of a comic book store? Oh my God, it's it is a place for people to, to come and fit in. You know, there is, I see it a lot. We've got a lot of kids who come in with uh, Aspergers or autism, and that's how they relate is through comic books. I mean, it's I don't know if anyone's ever done a study, but I think that you know, comic book art and the words you know meld together to, to form that story. So. They can relate to it a lot better than just, you know, words on a page. So, right, yeah. When you're uh, when you're reading comic books, you're uh, using both sides of the brain. Right. So when you're like got a, you know, when your brain's working differently than most people, maybe it's that's a better form of 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 media of entertainment than oh, yeah. for for the regular people out there. You know. Oh, absolutely. I think you you hit it right on the head. Right. Um, with you know, it's ever-changing comic book culture, um, and at times it can be really uh, difficult for comic book stores to stay in business. You know, what what does a comic book store need to do these days to stay in business to be successful? Uh, have Kevin Smith buy it, and uh, you know, that's uh, have Walt Flanagan run it, and then hire me to to be Walt Flanagan's have right celebrities. Hand. Um, no, I don't think it's celebrities. No. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that's. That's really far down on the list, but I think that part of it is just being aware of what you can sell and not getting in over your head. A lot of people do that. They buy way too much stock, and you know, and I don't mean like stock, like 
like stocks and bonds, but I'm well, talking about inventory, you know, like inventory, stock, yeah. having like as cool as that daredevil statue is, or as cool as that squirrel girl statue is. How many people are gonna, you know, be like, oh, I'm gonna drop, you know, two hundred fifty dollars on squirrel girl? Yeah, it may look good in your store, but is anybody gonna buy it? Um, <laughs> odds are probably not. But you, you go for what you can sell. Right. What about the diversity in your in your inventory? Sort of like games, video games, or whatever. We, what else? We don't do any of that. We do work Just comics and toys and uh, posters and Kevin Smith stuff. So that's that's also a you know a big help. What's what's the importance of of uh, the sort of personalities of the people who actually work in the um, in the comic book store? What's the per, uh, what's the importance of that? Well, you got to be friendly. I mean, you know, these people are coming in and. and First and foremost, no matter what, a comic book clerk is a salesman. So, you know, people come in all the time. Every day I get asked, you know, what should I be reading? And I'm like, well, what do you like? And I'm able to, you know, make a couple of um, suggestions, you know, with, you know, best guesstimates of what people like. Right. Like, hey, this, this might, you know, fit you. And I get a lot of repeat customers for that. They're like... You guys are great. That was that was fantastic. I, I love that comic. Right. So what else you got? So there you are. Right. What's sort of like the demographic of the people that that live around the store? What sort of neighborhoods are around the store? It's a it's a little uh, higher end. Monmouth County is a, a pretty high end uh, place in Jersey. Okay. So we've got you know we got some people who do like to spend money. Yeah. So. Yeah, what I was uh, like noticing here in um, Michigan is uh, specifically with the the Vault of Midnight comic book store. I don't know. Great store, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we we go there every time we come in to town. Ming used to go there when he started reading. Yeah, like they um they have a Detroit location now downtown, and it's pretty much the only comic book that's in Detroit. And what I noticed is that throughout the times is like you have. These other communities, like uh, kids from the black community, who didn't know that the people on, you know, the other kids in their neighborhood, also like comic books because of the stigma behind it, and stores like that kind of all brought, brought them together. Yeah, I think that you're. We found out that you know, people who like comic books are are getting a little bit more mainstream. So I, I think that helps a lot. You know, you know, talking about in regards to like the mainstream, like, what you know. How has it become mainstream? Do you feel like where these different uh, these different communities who might have been like scared to talk about it are now being more comfortable? How do you feel like that happened? I just think it, it's like a natural outcropping of of society because I mean we've seen uh, the trans community come out, the the gays, the lesbians. Yeah. Well, gays and lesbians are the same thing, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> You know, and tolerance. I mean, tolerance is, that's pretty much what comic books are all about, is about being tolerant of people who are different. The X-Men is, like, yeah. right up at the top of that list. Yeah. You know, so anyone who, who's ever felt like an outsider, you can read the X-Men and feel like, oh, wow, here are people who understand what I'm going through. How do you feel like people need to uh, deal with, like, the toxic parts of the uh, fandom, um, however large or small that is? I... That's not, I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure out the answer to that question. <laughs> if I did, I'd, I'd probably get a Nobel Peace Prize because <laughs> there's so many people who 
I think we've gotten into a culture that's a little too uh, politically correct. I think that a joke sometimes is just a joke. There's no malice behind it. And if there is malice in something that a comic book does, you know, we do take appropriate response to it. Like the um, X-Men Gold issue one with those anti-Semitic remarks, they came down on that like a ton of bricks. Yeah. So, and that guy hasn't been working for a while. Right. And I don't think he'll be working ever again, in the comic industry at least. Or even with, uh, the, like you say, when we're getting more women characters, more uh, characters from the LGBT community, but when you have fandom who, who are having an outcry about that, that doesn't like that t sort of thing, you know, how do you sort of rebel against those sort of people? I, it's not even so much rebelling. It's, you know, it's what the market can bear. If my shop can sell 400 copies of uh, America, then so be it. That's great. That's that's fantastic for us. We try to have a uh, a safe space for people to come and not be judged. We're not, you know, I'm not there to, to judge you. And I have seen, I've been to comic book stores where they like made fun of my, my reading preferences. Like, oh, you like Superman. It's like, yeah, I like Superman. <laughs> what of it? So I think the market always, you know, bears out what is going to, you know, rise to the top and what's not. Do you feel like there is a community between comic book owners? Uh, do you feel like different comic book owners, even if you're... Are, you mean comic book store owners? Yeah, comic book store owners. Is there is there a community between them, or do you feel like there's always a, a competition between... Uh, I, I don't know, because... Um, yeah, I, I can't answer that question, because we, we don't really... We've got, like, two comic book stores by us, and one of them just went out of business, so... And I, I don't know. Yeah, except I can't I've heard a few that. people like saying that like they've gone out of town and being like, "Hey, I, you know, we're we own a comic book store and so and so in a different state, and the comic book owners like the owners of that store would just be kind of like shitty, like for some reason no, I don't know what." Never happened at our store. We're, we, I mean, anybody who comes in our store gets treated the same way with respect and uh, you know deference. What kind of events do you have at the uh, at your store? Well, mostly it's whenever Kevin's in town, we have that. We don't do a lot of signings because um, it's just not our thing. Right. But Kevin's signings, we do. Right. So. What, what is sort of your thing then, you know, in comparison to maybe other comic book stores, you know? Are, are you just I, simple or is it just like, what do you feel like you guys do the we best? We are old school and, I mean, we try to stock as much product as we can that, you know, isn't like overkill inventory. And we will go out of our way to find stuff for people. Right. So, yeah, we're old school that way. Like if someone comes in and is like, hey, how you doing? I got a wish list here. And they give it to me. I'll do my damnedest to find it. So, right. During the panel, you guys were talking about like sort of like the museum of the store. Like what's, some, what's sort of like some of the cool stuff that are in there? We've got uh, the Bluntmobile from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We've got the Buddy Christ in the back for, yeah. um, from Dogma. We've got a movie from uh, Strikes Back as well, and Dogma. Um, a lot of Kevin stuff in there. The Mr. Tusk is in there. Pretty cool. <laughs> um, and we we collect a lot of stuff that you know people give to us, so we put it into a, a showcase. Stuff that people make for us, like there's a Cryptozoic man that some guy 3D printed and painted. It's amazing. Right. Why do you feel like your store has been successful? 
I think Kevin Smith has a lot to do with that. Well, a lot if, if I haven't made that clear, Kevin Smith <laughs> owns our store, so that's that's a built-in fan base. But like I said, we also, um, you know, I like to think our customer service is second to none. What was like? What was his vision for the store? He wanted to buy a comic book store. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and have Walt Flanagan run it. And Walt Flanagan's been doing it for the past twenty-two years and doing a great job. Cool. And whose idea was it like to keep it like? Like old school, like Walt Flanagan is not. He is not um, uh, a tech savvy guy. He does, he's not like the the newest gizmos and gadgets. That's not him. So I it just came from the way he liked to do it, and you know, way he liked to do it became the way I like to do it. So outside of being at the comic book store, is there anything else that you are uh, working on? Or yeah, Ming and I of- opened up a shared universe podcast studio. It's pretty cool. Oh, We're yeah. hanging out there. Um, we've got cons coming up, and it's you know we're, we're keeping busy. Talk about the the podcast studio for a minute and the importance of podcasting. Um, I think the importance of podcasting. Podcasting is going to be the new radio. It's it actually is supplanting radio right now. So uh, there's Spotify just uh, sealed the deal to get uh, Gimlet and uh, uh, Anchor. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of money went into that, and a lot of money is going to go into podcasting. So it's, it's on-demand radio. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's the, the best thing that I can say about it. It's one of those things that ain't going away. <laughs> so um, and we help people. We just, just by sitting down with them, having them take a look around, and giving them, again, a safe space to come in and you know, talk about what they want to talk about. You know, we don't promote... Um, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, just because, you know, people like, oh, it's free speech. You know, hate speech isn't free speech. So right. We try to talk people out of doing shit like that. So being that we're in Michigan right now, like, what's your favorite things to do, like, when you're in Michigan? Um, eat. eat. We eat. Yeah, we eat well. Um, we go out. Ming likes dive bars, so I make sure. <laughs> I don't drink, so I make sure that he doesn't get into too much trouble. And, um. Yeah, we have a blast. Cool. Is there anything else that you want to say on this podcast before we uh, before yeah, we're quit, done? Yeah, quit giving people shit at panels. Number one. No, I actually I've, that was pretty funny. I've been doing that every at every panel I've been to. <laughs> I probably can. <laughs> I'm probably that good. So, but uh, what do I want to say? Nothing more. But you know. How you doing? Not at all. That's fine. Here, we'll we'll take a picture of me with the microphone. (laughs) They're taking a picture right now. That's why a little break right now. They're taking a picture with a couple of fans. And yeah, uh, come down and um, you know grab a photo with us. Hell yeah! About it. (laughs) But yeah, uh, if you're ever in Jersey, just come down to the stash and uh, come to a shared universe podcast studio. Where can people uh, get more information about uh, the podcasting, about the store, and about you online? Uh, I'm at Michael Zapsick on Twitter. Uh, a shared universe podcast studio is just Google us, and um, you can come take a um, take a really cool tour of our, our our man caves. So that's pretty cool. And uh, just go to jayandsilentbob.com. Sweet. It was good talking with you, man. You too. Thanks so much. So that was my interview with Mike Zapsick. He was super cool to talk to. And like I said, I was busting his balls during the comic book man panel. <laughs> it was super funny. But uh, all, the, uh, all the links 
to where you can follow Mike Zapsick and a shared universe are in the show notes for this episode at freshofthepodcast.com. So again, thank you for listening to Fresh of the Word. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.